0: Well, hi, everybody. We are so happy to see you. Thank you for joining us online. This beautiful weekend, huh? Are you loving this? It's why we live in Colorado. You get snow early in the week, and then you get summer on the weekend. Can't beat it. <laughs> I'm glad you've joined us. If you're by yourself or if you're with others, sit back, enjoy, and uh Enter in today, I, I hope you've enjoyed singing some songs. I would really like to be like a little mouse in your room to see like who sings. Like my wife, Bonnie, it's awesome because she likes to watch online by herself. And so I just leave her alone. And um, I mean, she likes coming to church too, but during this whole COVID thing. So I can hear her up there every now and then in the room kind of singing away. How many of you just skipped the music, right? Some of you are looking at me like, no, we skip the preaching and we only do the music because I know some people do that too. Anyway, welcome. We're really glad you're here and we hope that you have enjoyed what we're talking about so far. We are talking about listening to the voice of God today and what that entails. And believe me, it's a lot. Have you ever heard someone say, I've said this, listen up, listen up everybody. You know, it's kind of like the way to... A coach might say that to the team. Listen up, I've got something to say. God wants to talk to you. I believe it with all of my heart. There is a voice that God wants you to be familiar with and it's His voice. How can I do that? How can I know His voice? How can I be prepared? for his voice. Well, that's what we're talking about today. And I will say at the outset, if you determine in your life that you're gonna live from this day forward to listen to the voice of God, you're taking a risk. You're taking a risk that might bring some changes to your life that otherwise would not come to your life. Because when you listen to the voice of God, you are listening to your creator who has a plan for your life. And he wants you to live it out. So what does that mean in a practical sense? Let me just read a couple of verses and we'll dive right in. I have a big outline if you've downloaded it, lots of points, but some of these are literally 10 seconds. I'm just gonna say them and move on, but I wanted them in your notes. In James chapter 1, verse 19, it says this, and this is kind of the, the thrust of the message my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. That's big right there. When when you have scripture saying, take note of this, then that means get ready, listen up. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So there's two slows and a quick. Two slows and a quick. Just try saying that right now. Two slows and a quick. The only quick is listening. Be quick to listen. So how do I have this quickness in my life? Just a a couple verses later, it says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. In other words, don't just listen to what it's saying, but it says, do what it says. It's it's not just the listening, but it's putting that into an action plan of your life. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. How do I build a life with an action plan of listening that has a result of action? Okay, so let's dive in. Number one, the power of a voice. The power of a voice. How many of you, how many of you could recognize at least five voices? Like, hands down, I automatically think of my wife, Bonnie. I know her voice. I, I did some little bit of read, not a lot, but a tiny bit of research on this. And they said that typically, those top 10 people in your life, within two words, you know who it is. Because you know their voice. It only takes two words. And so I know Bonnie's voice. I know my kid's voice. I know my mom's voice, my sister's voices. I I know uh, people on this team here at Timberline. I know when it's them just by by their voice. Why? Because I've heard the voice before. It's not new to me. I've, I've, I've heard them speak and I've walked down this path in dialogue and conversation. I recognize Jeff Lucas's voice, well, that's an English accent. So that's kind of a giveaway, right? I don't have any other close friends from England. So I can tell his voice. But without the accent, I know his voice. Why? Because I've heard it before. I've listened to it before. And there's power in a voice that you recognize because suddenly you are attentive for a certain reason. If it's a voice that you recognize because you don't want to hear it, you'll shut it down. Like think of politics. I shouldn't even say that, but there might be voices that you go, I don't want to hear anything they have to say. And boy, you recognize that voice like that. But I'm talking about endearing people whose voice you want to hear. There's power in that. Second thing in your outline is just this. How many voices are you capable of listening to? How many How many people should you listen to? This is is a question, and I want you to try to answer it. I have used the phrase in my life, and I bet you have, I've just got too many voices. I've, I've got too many people trying to tell me what to do. I can't listen to everybody. I have some really funny stories about our church, Timberline Church communication cards, emails. Every now and then I'll get a a whole list of emails of people's voice about what they think I should do as the pastor about something at Timberline. And that's fine. I mean, some of these are some of the best suggestions on the planet. So I'm not insinuating that this is bad. But I do get tickled at sometimes the opposing views that come on the same sheet when I print these out. One is saying we should be doing this as a church and the other is saying we should never be doing that as a church. We should sing these songs and never these songs. We should have this and not that. It just makes me laugh. That's one of those moments when there are just too many voices and you can't live your life according to everyone else's opinion. You can't. I love, I love it when I can meet your expectation or someone else's. I love meeting the expectations that people put on me. I do, I, I don't have a personality that tries to make people frustrated or angry or whatever. I, I like being happy and I like others to be happy. But I know there's a certain point in which I cannot listen to every voice that's coming to my plate. Neither can you there comes a point when you better know the voice of God, especially as it relates to the direction of your life, the direction of where you're going and why you're going there. I want you to have clarity for that one. I have a few voices in my life that I really listen to and those need to be consistent. But number one, the voice of God. And I can honestly tell you, I usually recognize his voice. Not always. Not always the first time, especially if it's something brand new. But I'm listening for his voice every day. I can say that honestly. And then I have a few other voices that I want to temper the voice that I think might be God trying to nudge me in a certain direction. Hold on to this today because God's going to be speaking to you about things in your life, your future, your family, your finances. He wants to talk to you. Number three, listening to God is a learned process. I wish that when you confessed your sin and you come to Jesus, that all of a sudden you would have a direct line to your creator and that there would be no issue with discerning his voice, but that's not how it happens. Even when you become a follower, you have to work at discerning the voice of God. And so listen to Matthew chapter seven and what it says in verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, Jesus is talking. Everyone who hears these words that I'm saying and puts them into practice, it's what we said earlier, I hear it and I do it. There's an action plan for my life. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The image of the Bible is how to build your house. One is on the sand, one is on a rock. The firm foundation. If you hear it and you do it, and you have an action plan based on the voice of God, you're building your house on the rock. And that is critical. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for me. That's what I want for our church. So here's what I've done. I've decided, how do I know if it's the voice of God? And I've I've probably messed around with this at several different stages of my life. Early on, I remember really struggling to try to hear the voice of God, making it honestly more difficult than God wants us to make it. You don't have to wrestle too much. If you're open and you're really willing to listen, God sees your heart and he will make it clear to you. But I've put five things that are super practical down here in your outline that I wanna walk through. And I'm just gonna go fast through these. So follow along, write them down if you like. But think about this, how does this impact my life? How are you dealing with these five things? So here's how I try to listen to the voice of God. Practical ideas to hear God's voice. Number one, take some time to be silent. <laughs> you're not gonna listen if you're talking. The discipline of silence is very rare in our culture. I mean, being silent intentionally. Not just because there's no one else in the room. I I personally have a default that says, if it's quiet, turn on some music. I really do. I, I hardly do anything without music in the background. I don't know why. I just like it. I'm not trying to drown any voice out. I think sometimes the right kind of music actually helps me hear the voice of God. But anyway, I am a person who takes the time to turn off all the gadgets and all the noise and have it silent. I do this regularly, it's just quiet. Number two, remove distractions. So what does that mean? Well, you've got you've got the dog in your house and he keeps jumping up on your lap. Well, can't get rid of the dog. Get him comfortable, or the cat, or whatever it is. Get them get them in a place where they're they're stable and they're not going to be distracting you from listening to God. What are the distractions in your life? Make a list of them. I'm a I'm I'm kind of a list guy. Not overboard, but I think. If you have a lot of distractions, maybe it's where you do this, if it's sitting down in a chair, if it's if it can't be home because you got young kids that are you know trying to get your attention all the time, find a space where you don't have distractions. You're not gonna hear the voice of God when it's just noise around you all the time. If you look at scripture, when people heard the voice of God, I mean, going clear back to, Just some of the the moments when David in hiding in a cave, hears the voice of God or Samuel or others and God speaks to them. There's times when it's quiet and there's no distraction and God shows up and starts to talk. And sometimes his voice is really loud, but sometimes it's that soft whisper that no one else can hear but you. So get rid of the distractions. Number three, I'm laughing because when I look at this, it makes me laugh. Do not finish God's sentences. Do not finish God's sentences. So here's what happens. Sometimes I want you to finish my sentence. Let me give an example, just in communication, to engage you. So I might say something like this. You remember the little rhyme, Mary had a little, um, Mary had a little, oh, what's that word? And what will you say? Maybe you already said it. Lamb. Mary had a little lamb. So as a communicator, I can put that out there for you to respond so that you are forced to think for me and finish my sentence and it engages you in conversation. However, if that's not my intent and I'm not looking for your help, <laughs> have you ever talked to someone who tries to finish all your sentences? <laughs> and you go, no. <laughs> you're like, well, I, I wanted to tell you my opinion about this. And they, they jump in and, and try to tell you what it is. And you're like, no, uh-uh. if you'll just be quiet, I'll finish my sentence. Oh, <gasps> Bonnie and I, that's my wife. We laugh about this. Uh, quite regularly, because if I'm in a hurry, I will try to finish her sentences. If she's in a hurry or being impatient, or I don't spit it out quick enough, she'll try to finish my sentences. And it ends up being kind of funny, because after about the third time of her saying, no, that's not what I'm trying to say, I'll say, okay, I'm just going to shut up now. I won't say anything else. Go ahead. You talk. You finish your sentence. That's what happens with God. God says, man, I've got this great idea. I'm going to plant this in your heart. And we go, oh, I know what it is. <laughs> no, God's like, no, that's not it. <laughs> Why don't you just listen and not finish my sentence? Okay, number four. Consistently read scripture. This, this is one of those things where you, you have to kind of make up your mind to do this naturally. So I don't, I've had goals in the past. You know, I've, I've walked with the Lord for enough years. I've set big goals to read the Bible through in a year, to read a certain kind of Bible through in a year, a chronological Bible or whatever. But typically I'm not a big advocate for trying to race through the reading game of reading the Bible through in a year. Some people might read the Bible through in three months. Some people might read it through in 10 years, but here's the the point, read the Bible. And I like to read it slow. I like to read it a few passages over and over and think about the context and think about the culture, especially the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the stories about Jesus. Why did he say what he said? What was the response of Andrew? Why did Andrew speak up that one time? Andrew never speaks up. Why why did Peter do that? Well, because Peter always does that. Get your head and heart around Scripture. Why? Because God speaks through Scripture. Probably that's the most common way that God talks to people is through the Bible. So be a Bible reader, okay? The fifth thing under this point is make the plan after you hear the voice of god i'm talking about and you're pretty assured you've talked to others you've done the things i've been talking about make the plan and go toward it make the plan and go toward it so so i i have these moments all the time where i say okay lord i'm going to i feel confident you're talking to me about this ministry at timberline and i'm going to pursue it i'm going to talk to some people about leadership roles and what this new role might look like and, and I'm going to go toward it. And sometimes when I start to go toward it, I'll have a check in my heart or something will come up that I hadn't thought of. But that's called the bicycle principle. You know, I've talked about that a lot here. You don't learn to ride a bike without movement. You get on the bike and you move and you find balance with the movement. And that's how walking with God is. I hear his voice I start to move toward it and I find balance. I I go a little over here and I go a little over here, but it's that movement that creates the need for balance in order to stay upright. I think God speaks that way a lot. I heard someone recently say, you say yes to what God's putting in your heart and you start walking. I like that. Say yes and start walking. Because it's in the walking that you determine The path might go a little over here and the path might go a little over here, but I have to pursue what I feel God is putting in my heart. I know through the years when we've had staff changes at Timberline, I've, man, I've wrestled with it. I I fall in love with the people I work with. That's, that's part of the challenge of how I'm wired is I, I don't like a, just a business connection or, you know, I'm. I'm in this role, you're in that role, and we're never gonna talk about anything personal. I'm not like that. So I like talking about personal stuff. So I sort of fall in love with our pastors, our leaders, our our people, our staff. As I get to know them, I see their kids, I see their kids growing up. And so it's really hard for me when they say to me, God's talking to my heart, and I I think we're supposed to move to Oregon or wherever. And I go, what? That's not God, that's the devil. (laughs) Just kidding. I have to trust that others can hear from God, right? And I have to trust that God is in fact speaking. So when there are changes here, I'm gonna respect those changes. And here's what I know. If God moves the players off of our team, he always brings players in or he changes portfolios for people who are already here. And that excites me, because that's the vision part. And what's good for the believer to do this means it's good for the believer to do that. In other words, God doesn't create a vacuum that he doesn't want to fill. He has the whole picture, not just half of the picture. And that takes me to the final point. And I want you to listen to Proverbs chapter four before I give you just four kind of really quick things at the very end. Proverbs 4, 20 and 21. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear toward my words. Do not let them out of your sight and keep them within your heart. So listen to my words, pay attention, put them them in your heart not just somewhere up here where you know what it's supposed to say, but you're living this, breathing this every single day. Now, let me give you the warning. And this is how I want to wrap up today. And then I want to pray over you. When you, I said it in the beginning, when you decide to listen to God, you're taking a risk. You really are taking a risk because you don't know the plans God has made for you, but he has plans. Sometimes he lets us know way in advance so we can prepare. Other times, he surprises us a little bit and our obedience gets a little shaky. Like, well, I kind of like it here. I don't know if I want to do that. If I'm going to obey, then I need to listen. Hearing God, it's going to do more than these four, but it will definitely do these four things. Number one, it may challenge you. When you're committed to hearing God and listening to his voice, he may put something in there that really challenges you. I've been there. I've I've had an awareness that God was speaking to my heart and I didn't wanna go there. I was challenged by it. It was too big for me. And God had to grow me into a more mature believer in order to accomplish that through my life. And that's what he wants to do. You say, well, I just can't. Well, you're right. You can't. That's why God lives in you. That's why the Spirit awakens you. That's why you should have moments of contemplating, is this the voice of God? Because this is big. This is gonna change the trajectory of my life. May change your whole career, your family. All these decisions, it may challenge you. Number two, it may involve other people. You know, if I decide... God's telling me to go to Africa. Bonnie might have something to say about that. Why? Because my first commitment on this earth is to our relationship. God is not gonna call me to go to some other place without Bonnie buying in. So you can't use God to tell other people what they're supposed to do. You with me on that? Really important. I see, I see leaders trying to do this all the time. Well, God told me, that means you have to, no, it doesn't. The voice of God is very real for me. And then I trust him to put it in the parts of the other people around me, but it will involve other people. We have something going on right now. I just, I just came from a lunch with a, a missionary couple from our church, Cody and Emily Van Pelt. I have a picture of them, of me standing there that was just, just taken recently. And, and you can see them. They were sitting here in Timberline. We talked about a missions trip to the Dominican Republic and they went. God put a, a burden in their heart. God put a vision in them. All of a sudden, Cody's saying to Emily, I, I think God's wanting us to go. Emily said, I think he is. And they're moving. They're quitting their jobs. They've been raising support. They're in language school. They just came out through it. What is going on? You don't think that affects others? Yeah, it affects others. It's affected their whole family. When you say yes to God, it involves other people. Don't forget that. It's not a bad thing, it's just a reality. Number three, it may take a lifetime. You know what I like to think? I like to think that there's not one time that God speaks to me and then he never talks to me again. Like, you know, I'm five years old, getting into kindergarten, and God says, You're gonna be a pastor. Then God leaves and it's up to me to figure it out the rest of the way. That's not how God works. God has had his hand on my life at specific stages of my life to lead me and guide me through all the issues in order for me to end up here today, right now with you. I'm not trying to make that sound spooky. There's, There's something in that that makes me feel confident and refreshed that along the way, if I keep listening and you keep listening, it's gonna be a lifetime of yeses, a a lifetime of riding the bicycle, a lifetime of listening and discerning, talking to others that affirm this could be God putting this in your heart. And then the last one, which is probably my favorite, when you listen to God and you hear from him, it just may bring deep fulfillment very deep fulfillment in my life, that God is on the move in me. And boy, that's what I want with my life. (laughs) That's what I want for your life. Why don't you say yes today? What is God saying to you? Where is he sending you? What is he trying to point out? What are the big risks? And is it worth it? It is. God has a voice that He wants you to hear. And He wants you to listen and respond. I want to pray a couple of things over you. I I don't know why Cody and Emily felt called to go to the DR and not everyone in our church did. Because God didn't put that same thing in everyone. He put it in them. I have a different path than you do. But if God is really talking to you today about something specific and you need clarity, would you just would you just wave at me or, or hold your hands up like this? I, I talk about palms up living. I'm not the owner, I'm the steward. Anything God puts in my hand, I can't grab it because I don't own it. Not my wife, not my kids, not, I don't have any material possessions that I can grab onto, they're not mine. So can I live like this? Maybe just do this right now as I pray. And you can say, God, I think you're prompting me. I think I think I need to hear. This is involving my family, it involves others. Why, do you in, why are you putting this in me? Let me pray over you. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray that you will give them clarity about your voice in their life, about taking that job or quitting this job or moving there or moving here or the call on their life the risk of giving. God, I just pray that there would be a true moment that you would give direction and clarity to that person right now who is seeking you. Give them a confidence that you want to talk to them because you love them and you care about them. Lord, we give all this to you, and I pray if if you're knocking on someone's heart today, right now, listen, if you're separated from God, say yes today. He does have a plan for you. There's no way you will ever be fulfilled without saying yes to him right now in this moment. Just say, Lord, I'm gonna trust you with my future. I haven't been saying yes, I've been living on my own. How's that working out? Let him lead you. Listen to his voice. If you wanna say yes right now, just say yes, Lord. I wanna follow you with my whole heart, with my life. We'll help you as a church. We'll invest in you. We'll get you started, I promise. Lord, we give all this to you in your mighty name, amen. Amen. I love you guys. It's a joy to be with you. Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget to let love live as we listen connect and serve, all right? Be talking to you soon. Have a great day. Thank you for being Timberline.